This is Jason Holleran. I proudly served for 33 years, culminating as the Deputy Commandant at West Point. Put this on your calendar. World War II weekend inside Old Bethpage Village Restoration on Long Island. Scores of operational vintage armor in formation May 18th and 19th. Nassau County Executive Bruce Blakeman invites you to join him in saluting America's greatest generation and all those who have worn the uniform in defense of our freedoms. That's May 18th and 19th, presented by the Museum of American Armor. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Ah, yes, indeed. Sufficiently majestic enough to introduce America's undocumented anchor man. The one, the only, Mark Stein. Welcome, Mark. How are you? It's Tuesday. So glad you're here. That's like uh, listening to a masterclass at uh, at radio announcer school. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm taking notes. I'm taking notes. That was brilliant. Oh, my goodness, Mark. I'm the one that should be taking notes, okay? You know, Mark, I'm looking back at some of the... Mark, some of my favorite music, this is a little bit, and I know we have other things to discuss, but I always love discussing music with you. Mark, you know Superfly is 50 years old this year? Yeah, that's that's one of those uh, statistics. I was I, re- I remember I used to do this stuff as as the years go by. So you start thinking, well, that's... Uh, that was a hit in 1972, so if I still think it's groovy and hip, that's like me in 1972 telling me about some exciting uh, song from 1924, and then you think, well, who was that, Ukulele Ike? Right. <laughs> and you think, and in fact... <laughs> the Mills Brothers... And it's like, uh, and you think, and that's like the guy in 1924 uh, listening to the oldies station, which only plays wax cylinders from the 1890s, <laughs> which I don't even think uh, WABC does on uh, its uh, weekend music shows. Right. Uh, so there's, uh, so so you you can really freak yourself out when you start thinking like that. Well, let me ask you a question seriously about that. I mean, you know, you you are fortunate enough to actually see what life is like, not just here, but across the pond and other places. So when you go to when you go to Europe and we've all, those of us here that are connected with the music industry, even in the periphery, we've always heard that Europeans had a much a much different approach toward a- appreciating the the classicness of music. And so things that we wouldn't pay attention to, for instance, they would still celebrate. Artists here that wouldn't get much attention were still being celebrated for their achievement. Do you think as we moved into pop music, and now pop music is, is what, almost 100 years old? Do you think that that's still 
Well, you always think it's going to be like that. I remember making a film for the BBC in Hungary many years ago, and we just wanted to just to sort of put a button on it to get uh, some footage of some guy playing traditional Hungarian gypsy music in a Hungarian restaurant. And uh, and it was the very last thing on the shoot. So we had like a plane to catch and we were in a bit of hurry and whatever. And But how difficult that can that be? So the director takes me into the first restaurant and uh, the uh, and and instead of traditional Hungarian gypsy music, there's a guy in a ruffled red shirt with an electronic keyboard playing the girl from Ipanema. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and, and so we think, well, this just must be a freak thing. Let's go to the next one, and there's another guy in a differently coloured ruffled shirt playing "Come on, baby, light my fire." <laughs> 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 and uh, and so by the time we get to the seventh restaurant, we've given up on that plan, and we actually, you know, fake it, and we uh, and we book a room, uh, put a couple of dining tables in it, and fake up a Hungarian gypsy band to put in the thing. So you you always you you know you always uh, you always get that that kind of a thing. I'm always. I'm always sort of amazed at how much f- there are certain sounds that, you know, will always evoke a time and a place and whatever. And then there's so much, 95% of stuff that just falls away and is lost forever. And it's and it's fascinating to me that. Well, do you think people like Elvis Presley 100 years from now? Uh, Elvis was, uh, his birthday was last weekend, 87 years old. Um, do you think a hundred years from now people are going to remember the artistry of some of the rock and roll giants? I listened to uh, Jimi Hendrix, one of the first uh, one of the first concerts that he did as a solo artist in his own mm. uh, under his own name. And I mean, I listened to this, and this thing had to be what fifty, sixty years old now, and it's freaking brilliant. Yeah, that's that's the one one of the things I find interesting because what happened in 1955 is that uh, pop music, uh, essentially the teenager was invented. So pop music became part of being the attitude of youth. So you have people like The Who come along and start uh, singing Hope I Die Before I Get Old. And now uh, all the members of The Who are like 112. <laughs> and, they're like, and they're like 75 years past the sell-by date of that song. Uh, you know, I, I once rode in an elevator at the BBC uh, with the Rolling Stones, and it was incredible to me. Uh, they, like, aged a decade with every floor. It was, like, kind of creepy. <laughs> <laughs> To be uh, to be uh, to be in there, and I and, and so I find, which which isn't the way with pop music. People used to be young, uh, you know. When uh, whoever you want to take Debbie Reynolds when she sang Tammy, Tammy, Tammy's in love or whatever. It was. Oh yeah, Tammy's uh, in love. Uh, and she uh, Debbie Debbie Reynolds. You know, when when she died a couple of years ago, looked a well-preserved woman of a certain age, whereas uh, some of these guys from The Who and The Rolling Stones, uh, there's this cult of youth. But they're people who are they they're like they're like people who've come out of Jurassic Park <laughs> twelve. <laughs> you have no idea what mutation was required to produce people like this. I love it. 
Now, speaking of things not looking quite right, I have been stunned with the optics of what is going on. You have Joe Biden, Kamala Harris down in Georgia to point and wag their finger at everyone and say, you're still racist, you're still in the 1960s. And this is supposed to be a big moment for Democrats. And yet the biggest Democrat in Georgia, Big Mama, Big Mama doesn't even show up for the event. Stacey Abrams said, yeah. hey, I got I got scheduling problems. Go blow. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't think there are enough states in the union for Stacey Abrams to put between her and Joe Biden. She doesn't want to be seen with him or Kamala because they're losers and they're... Uh, their numbers are in the dumpster and everything they do is incredibly pop- unpopular and everything they touch turns to garbage. And they're not talking about anything that matters to anybody who has the misfortune to live in the real world. And you can say what you like about Stacey Abrams, but she gets that basic dynamic and she doesn't want to be. If she thought she wants to be governor of Georgia, she wants to be. Uh, vice president and possibly president. And she doesn't think that Joe and Kamala are in the least bit helpful to her ambitions. And that's always the biggest tell in politics. Is somebody else prepared to stand next to you on a stage? And no one wants to stand next to Joe Biden right now. Well, okay, what's going on with the Republicans? You know, for years, I thought that the Republicans were kind of like the Ken doll, especially Republican men. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're like Ken dolls. <laughs> Everything looks good till you take off the clothes. Yeah, that's, and then like, that's, the... <laughs> that's, that's like my Mitch McConnell doll. It's exactly when you take off the clothes, there's just nothing down there. Just, right, there's uh, a void. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and so all of a sudden there have been like sprouts, growth sprouts of, of, of like maybe, we, maybe we're growing a set because they're pretty much egging Chuck Schumer on. They're saying, you want to kill the filibuster? Good. We've got a bunch of bills we want to pass. And yeah. we have, and Democrats may join us. So let's go. And this is not, um, this is, this is, how did the Democrats misplay something like this? Well, I think they were actually surprised by all that uh, January 6th rubbish uh, last week. They basically wanted to make January, they basically wanted to make America live in January the 6th forever and ever. And, uh, and you know, if you talk to people, you can, you can find nice ladies who, of a certain age, you listen to NPR, and they think that what happened on January the 6th a year ago was terrible. But they looked, they then, all these people looked at uh, what Chuck Schumer was doing, where he claimed to have been under threat of his life or whatever he said. He said he was subject to uh, all these threats and attacks and everything. And Jay, they just thought, uh, no, these guys are actually, the comparisons to 9-11, the comparisons to Pearl Harbor. Uh, this, so it, it died, that whole thing where they did the day. And the, Hamil, and the number from Hamilton <laughs> I tell you, that guy I mentioned from the restaurant in Budapest uh, playing Common Baby Like My Fire in a Ruffled Shirt, they'd have been better to book that guy than the cast of Hamilton. 
<laughs> in fact, I, I don't I don't do a lot of political consulting, but if any uh, potential candidate wants to give me two million dollars, the first thing I'll tell him is don't book the cast of Hamilton for anything. <laughs> uh, that, that, that actually uh, that whole thing was uh, stillborn. It was a complete flop. And I, I think I think it I think it sort of opened up a bit of space. Uh, for the uh, Ken dolls to, uh, to, to uh, as is fashionable these days, to transition into... into... <laughs> <laughs> the Republicans are transitioning. Yeah. <laughs> they may not be coming men, but they're not going to be what they were. No, no, they're transitioning away from the Ken model uh, to something closer to G.I. Joe. I think that's how it's going. <laughs> so what do you expect to happen here? You've got... Um, You've got this. We still know now that they they try to every year they try to. Uh, sorry, this is just going to be a horrible pun. They try to milk MLK every yeah. year. They try to milk it for what they as if somehow or another all they've got to do is evoke Dr. King's name and whatever they want should happen. So every year they try to milk Dr. King's name. This year they we're going to bring this vote before the uh, floor. Uh, to kill the filibuster before Dr. King's birthday, and w- what do you think happens here when you when you when you look at the uh, the crystal ball? Well, you know they've got to make a calculation, and one of the things you have to worry about is that is that Democrats always figure it's worth the risk because they're betting against Republicans having the guts to undo something. And Republican, you know, you can take peripheral things like uh, the existence of the Department of Energy, for example, which Republicans have opposed since Jimmy Carter created it. It's, all, it's, in, their, it's in the party's platform, yet they never actually get around to doing anything about it. So, so the calculation the Democrats make is whether the Republicans actually would muster the will to undo what they do. And and there and there Chuck Schumer says, you know, I'm brilliant at numbers and all the rest of it. But the but the problem for them is back in the real world, you know, they could probably get away with this if this was the, you know, like Obama with Obamacare. America didn't want it, but he rammed it down their throats because he was he was confident that the broader climate would let him get away with it. Right now, the broader climate, which is inflation, uh, a supply chain that's kaput, a humiliated America in Afghanistan with China actually leaping ahead and outpacing America with hypersonic weapons uh, and all the rest of it, uh, an open border, uh, COVID, which all the, you know, oh, I'm going to listen to the, I'm not like Donald Trump. I'm going to listen to the science so COVID will go away. And Joe Biden has actually killed more Americans than he accused Donald Trump of killing. So the broader climate just kills the Democrats. And, and, uh, and, and they'd be, they'd be actually, I think, committing, uh, they, they've, they've, that's the, that's what they have to weigh. Their political ambitions, against a wider climate where Joe and Kamala are regarded as generally useless and incompetent and have made things worse. Now, I mean, you've got all of that going on, 
And there was a story today in AmericanWireNews.com, uh, AmericanWireNews.com, that that uh, critical race theory program is teaching disabled preschoolers, disabled pre pre preschoolers, that whiteness affects everything. It is. Yeah. What is what is what sense does anyone? What sense do you make of any of this? Well, I, I regard that as child abuse because I think one one of the interesting things about uh, young children is they they don't actually have a sense of past and present and and future in the same way that you do when you get a little bit older. So they, they, you know, read old books and they're not aware the story is set in the 17th century because they don't have any concept of the 17th century. So it's actually a terrible, abusive thing to take a three-year-old and get them reduced to the sort of reductive way of looking at things of, of, our, uh, of our particular moment, like this, uh, like this critical race theory. But also, just to go back to what I was saying about China, it's nothing, you know, we don't actually teach anything worth learning in these schools because, you know, China teaches, its, China teaches its children arithmetic. California, for example, right. teaches its schools that arithmetic is racist. So who's the, the future going to belong to? Uh, the country that uh, teaches arithmetic or the country that teaches arithmetic is racist? It's not, that's not a hard question to answer. If you want America to slip further down these league tables uh, than, it, than it already does... Uh, then this is the way to do it. Then this is the way to do it. Keep wasting, keep wasting it. They're in there for a few hours a day. And there's plenty of arithmetic. There's plenty of geography. There's plenty of uh, physics and history and Latin and chemistry and all kinds of things that you should be teaching before you teach them critical race theory. Mark Stein, where do people find you on television? I'm at uh, GB News, and uh, I'm working harder than I've uh, worked in quite a while. But you can, you can see me. Uh, actually, if you... <laughs> uh, but it, it, the replay, which is very convenient for North American viewers, is uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And you can watch from more or less anywhere on the planet at GBNews.UK. Mark Stein, ladies and gentlemen, we are so happy to have him with us each and every Tuesday. Thank you, Mark. Cannot wait until next Tuesday. And, you know, one of these days, Mark, I don't know how we're going to. I, first of all, I hate asking you to do stuff because you you are the busiest man in showbiz, right? But I, I really do want to figure out how maybe we can schedule some time. You and I can just do a kind of one-off podcast on um, yeah. some of the big cultural some of the big cultural leaps that have taken place over the last 50 years in America maybe a two or three part series podcast yeah no that's that's, uh, that's, uh, that's a very that's a very good idea i i i'd be all in favor of that that's uh, you know oh. you know cuz that people are always surprised that's like what we t- what we used to talk about in the breaks during rush and all the rest of it we could uh, we could certainly do that Absolutely. Mark Stein, thank you for being with us. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, we'll be back with your calls. Don't go away.